to welcome you all to Mavati and that you uh, find this retreat of benefit. It's always good to realize that at the beginning of a retreat it's um, you come from usually a very active life and uh, that the kind of restless activities uh, both physical and mental that uh, you're used to uh, will still kind of persist for the first three days so the first three days of retreat I like to always recommend the sense of uh, just trying to relax uh, be patient uh, not to to uh, think that because you do feel so restless or so uh, agitated or physically uh, uncomfortable with that uh, this is uh, somehow an inability to meditate to recognize that the, the kind of life, the quality of life we live on a, on a meditation retreat is, is much more uh, subdued and passive and controlled the silence, noble silence the um, <coughs> kind of stillness, the, the sitting uh, walking meditations all of these are kind of give, give a different uh, rhythm to one's life. So contemplate just the the kind of the, the sense of calming down and being patient. And uh, say to yourself, you know, when you do get uh, agitated, restless, or negative, or frustrated by the especially during the first three days. Remind yourself that this is a <coughs> time to just develop patience with yourself and to uh, do the best you can. It's uh, important to to realize that that what it is to be uh, a human being uh, something that is that is conscious and feeling and that that uh, a sensitive form that is experiencing whatever uh, is happening the, the things that are happening to you the things that surround you that influence you but the ob sensual objects that you're experiencing as well as the mental conditioning you have and to be able to reflect upon it means to to uh, acknowledge it, to recognize it, to put it in the context of, of uh, an object that you can watch and witness to rather than uh, seeing it in, as something that is so highly personal and so, and take and and uh, translate it into attitudes of I can't do it or it's too difficult or I feel this way. Uh, just to to take this time to be more 
aware that this is the way it is or this is how it feels it's like this uh, and be patient and tell yourself to be patient The retreat itself, they we we agree to live within the within the restraint of the precepts, so that the eight precepts, which I will give, the three refuges we take in the Buddha Dhamma Sangha, and for those of you who are. Uh, acknowledged Buddhists who are considering yourself Buddhists this is uh, very much a part of a saying your uh, your Buddhist uh, identity but for those of you who don't know what you are if you're a Buddhist or not or if any of you are Christians or Jews or some other religion uh, who come on a Buddhist meditation retreat Still, it's uh, consider the refuges in in Buddha Dhamma Sangha not as a <coughs> as a kind of conversion experience to become a Buddhist, but merely a, a, an expedient means uh, of taking a refuge in what is wise and what is true and what is virtuous. So you can say when you think of taking refuge in the Buddha, you're taking refuge in wisdom and when you're taking refuge in Dhamma, you're taking refuge in the truth and when you're taking refuge in Sangha, that's the refuge in virtue, virtuous conduct. So then, <coughs> so then for those of you who find the Buddha Dhamma Sangha still exotic uh, word that convey some other religion, you can also consider it in this way as being uh, something that is uh, more, say, understandable in, in the terms that you, in, in these uh, English terms, wisdom, truth, and virtue. And the eight precepts, or the, that's the, the refuges, in wisdom, truth, and virtue, then in the in the uh, precepts themselves are restraints, agreements that we all uh, agree to when we're uh, on this retreat together the, the, uh, what we, we do is we, we're going to uh, live together in a way that we with common agreements, moral agreements the first one to refrain uh, from killing of course, obviously, this means killing each other and me. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you want to kill the teacher, but uh, you agree not to do that. You could feel that way. I don't forbid you to to not feel that or think it, but uh, just refrain from acting on that impulse. Then the second, Adina uh, Dana, to refrain from uh, <coughs> taking that which does not belong to you. So, 
Yeah, like in maybe obviously the claim from stealing or burglary, things of this nature, but also uh, in the fact that you're sharing rooms or dormitory life, respect the property of others, not to kind of um, disturb or touch or or disrespect the, the property, the things that belong to the other retreated. So the second agreement is called the Dean and Dawn of the third, Abramacharya. During this retreat, we refrain from all forms of erotic, intentional erotic or sexual behavior. So it's, uh, it's Abramacharya uh, to, is to uh, refrain from acting on any of those kind of feelings or energies that might you might experience, not to intentionally act or seek um, erotic uh, objects or fantasies. The fourth is mutawada in regard to speech, and of course in its in its barest form is to not not tell lies. But in on this retreat, recognize that this will be a retreat in conducted in noble silence. And noble silence is to uh, or to control and, and not to, to seek situations where you, you uh, talk to each other, chit chat, uh, carry on in that way uh, so that you can uh, say watch these tendencies to maybe want to just distract yourself through talking and chatting and carrying on with, with speech. So we have an agreement to, to refrain from uh, say, just the habits of, of uh, chatting, talking, distracting each other, engaging each other in conversation. However, uh, in appropriate moments where messages need to be communicated through speech, you are permitted to do so appropriately. If you want to see me about your meditation, then you can talk to me actually. You don't have to just sit there <coughs> in the power of silence. Um, but in regards to each other, like in the dormitories, in the rooms, uh, in the dining hall, all this, if it's to try to uh, say, refrain from following these kind of very natural impulses to engage others in conversation. The fifth, refraining from uh, intoxicating drinks and addictive drugs. So let's, uh, we, we do not encourage any of the retreatants to go down to the cock and bottle in the evening. That's the pub down in the village. Is a very bad reputation anyway. <laughs> I've never been in it myself. <laughs> <laughs> the refrain from going to the cock and bottle and, uh, and diet or taking any intoxicants here or uh, addictive kind of drugs. Then the sixth is uh, Wikilapotima. This is a Restraining restraint agreement to to not spend the the uh, ten days, nine days, 
um, just seeking uh, distractions through eating food. Uh, we have certain designated periods for eating our meals, and and uh, so they have provide tea at appropriate times, and that. So just I use that the the form of the what is provided in regards to meals and and that. Uh, and the rest of the time, any tendencies to want to to uh, eat things or whatever, just watch that. You want to be aware of just how strong your habits are, and uh, not to to uh, just follow them. So it's a reflection on, say, the tendency to to distract oneself through eating food whenever you feel the the impulse. The uh, Seventh is uh, refraining from seeking entertainment, distractions. Uh, also, avoid reading books and uh, even uh, even Buddhist books. Refrain from during this time because you're you're going to study here if you mind. You're going to the real source, so you don't need to look at a book. Uh, and, but and also refrain from reading uh, novels newspapers, uh, any of this kind of, of uh, lit- uh, literature, or there's no television here anyway, and not to play games, or uh, to dress up, you know, to make yourself look uh, attractive, and, uh, and generally to, to uh, restrain yourself yeah, uh, towards a seeking fun, pleasure, through games and entertainment. The, the eighth one is in regards to sleep, to not seek, uh, uh, say, spend this time in bed, sleeping through the, through the nine days. Uh, the, the rule itself is to not seek comfortable and luxurious beds, and I don't think any of the beds here would fit that description. <laughs> Terribly comfortable and luxurious, but also not to to see that uh, not to use the time just to kind of crash out or to spend your time sleeping through this retreat, because the the aim is is a, is a, is to reflect that our habit tendencies uh, in regards to eating. Uh, into, in, in regards to seeking entertainment, distraction, distracting ourselves, sleeping, um, then with, of course, obviously, refrain from that which which confuses the mind, like intoxicants and and addictive drugs, sexual uh, in, uh, fantasy or uh, pleasures. We refrain from. And then the, in regards to to just respect for life, respect for the property of others, and the, in regards to speech. So this, these these eight precepts are the resolutions that we're taking in order to not to not in any way to uh, kind of suppress things or to or making kind of moral judgments about life, but precepts that we use, that we, we consciously and voluntarily take 
in order to be able to watch our own emotional reactions uh, to restraint, to silence, to to the uh, the very things that affect our lives in daily life. We all deeply distract ourselves and and uh, we have various feelings of uh, you know love and hate and attraction towards things that don't belong to us or or whatnot. All these these different temptations and and inclinations, impulses, tendencies of a human experience can be reflected upon, begin to be looked at in terms of Dhamma uh, rather than as just personal uh, problems, habits, uh, neurotic tendencies or judged in any way uh, on, on a personal level. We, we want to, what we're de- developing in proper meditation is like looking into a mirror so we can, we can, it's like a reflection. The, these precepts are like a, a mirror. They're, they're there to reflect, to help you to see, to observe, not to judge. Like if you <coughs> say in, in regards to eating food, if you want they, to uh, eat a, uh, a meal in the evening, and you feel a ton hungry and, and you you feel this intense hunger or desire to eat something in the evening uh, because you're used to that and then you've taken the precept to not eat uh, solid food in the evening that helps you to observe this the, the precept is there to to uh, that you, you've taken to refrain from eating food at the uh, inappropriate times so that when you do have these, these impulses to have something to eat, uh, you have something to reflect on from this precept. You can begin to observe the feeling of wanting something, um, uh, just being frustrated by not getting what you want, or being able to to uh, just uh, say satisfy this particular hunger as you're accustomed to. Like in ordinary life, when we live in our own way, then we, you know, we can make up our own rules and we uh, about what we want to do and we can uh, just react uh, to life according to habits and what a, a good reflective practice is say in meditation is you're, you're being able to see, look at this now witness it, observe it so that you're not just being a creature of habit just caught up in the momentum of your of what you're used to and accustomed to, both physically and mentally, but being able to observe it. See, it's the, like the witness, the the one who watches, the listens, observes, witnesses, but is not not judging. Not we're not trying to say how you should be or that what you're feeling is wrong or or bad in anything like this. It's not not. Uh, not a kind of moral uh, judgment that we're we're seeking, but learning to to be aware and to look at things in the terms of in the way of, of dharma rather than of self. This is Buddha made a very clear teaching in regard to way of 
reflecting this sense of a self, a self-view, the selfishness, the, the way we tend to to see ourselves, to regard ourselves, uh, the, the views, opinions, attitudes, uh, fears, uh, and desires around yourself as a person, personality, as an individual, you're able to put this in, a, in that perspective of Dharma, of seeing it in terms of conditionings that, conditions that arise and cease. I think when we're switching from the highly personal view, which you make judgment of, if you have a bad thought, then you think, I'm a bad person. So if, you, if you feel angry with somebody, then you go, I'm angry. Uh, and, uh, and then maybe you say, I shouldn't be angry, I should be loving and kind, and then I'm angry and I hate. Uh, and th- th- this is the personal interpretation. When we change to, to seeing it in terms of Dhamma, then we, we're seeing that, that this anger that we're feeling is something that arises. We're, we're willing to feel it, to accept it for what it is, and to be patient enough to, to uh, accept it and, and to notice, to reflect on its impermanence, because it ceases. Dhamma, in terms of Dhamma, you're seeing the impermanence of conditions. You're not identifying with the conditions. You're not, you're not judging the conditions as, as being something you should or shouldn't have or feel or think. But you're using what you're thinking and feeling uh, as Dhamma, as a way of seeing it in terms of anicca or impermanence. And as not self, as anatta. Now this, if you really develop this practice uh, well, it uh, it helps to clarify, helps you to to realize, and to free yourself from a lot of the, uh, the lot of wrong assumptions, fears that and, and anxieties, worries, uh, attitudes about yourself and the world you live in that that, that create so much unhappiness, despair in the human uh, in its human realm as we can see even under the most fortunate and and pleasant conditions societies that that are uh, pleasant enough to live in in life that is comfortable still we suffer how much worry or anguish or frustration exasperation Restlessness, of blame, all these, these jealousies and whatnot that that plague human our human minds. Uh, even when we have plenty to eat, nice place to live, good friends, and in the best of of the conditioned realm. Not to mention, uh, say, those who have to live on, in situations that are not very nice. I think being coming from a society, uh, say here in England, where where we uh, we have a stable government and a, a nice and pleasant enough country to live in, uh, comfortable places to live, uh, enough food and all the rest, and yet how much 
humans anguish, despair, misery. People generate in their minds. Uh, and it's because of, of this wrong thinking, seeing life in the wrong way, not understanding themselves, not understanding what it is to be human, not understanding the way life is, uh, what, what it is to be born and conscious and feeling on a planet like this, uh, to be able to put it in a perspective of Dhamma, seeing it for what it is, as it is, uh, then you can accept that. That's all right. But where we worry, we get frustrated, we get angry, we, we get depressed, despairing uh, about ourselves and the world we live in is when we're taking it in a highly personal way, interpreting it in the wrong way, not seeing it as it really is. Then we become very frightened, anxious, worried, blaming, restless, upset by the things that we're experiencing. We can even, you know, project into the future. It may be all right now, but next year it's going to get worse. Or I mean, we can we can imagine uh, how horrible life can be, even before it is horrible. And so this 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 function of our mind, we've got we need to understand our ability to think and create and to imagine, to remember. Uh, just the the natural sensitivity <coughs> of a, of a human of being human being born in this realm of the human being and and understanding that means seeing it in in say in Buddhist terms in terms of the of the, of the truth of it as Dhamma where if we do not see it in that way then we we interpret it on this level of this is mine I'm this way life is terrible it's or this shouldn't be this way, how can life be like this, and, and what's wrong with me, and, and what's wrong with you, <laughs> and the endless blaming we do, blaming ourselves, blaming somebody else, blaming the, the government, blaming the Prime Minister, blaming the Americans, we can't blame the Communists anymore, <laughs> there aren't any left, Blaming the the neighbors, blaming the district council, all kinds of people to blame. So this, these three refuges, remember, a refuge is a safe place. So you're taking refuge in safety, which is. Wisdom, truth, and virtue. That's within you, isn't it? You're not, you're not taking refuge in. I mean, you know, Amaravati, a physical place, a, an airplane could fall on top of it, or, or you know, some hurricane uh, could blow blow the roofs off the buildings, or they could go go on, you know, burn up, or all kinds of things that are possible on the, in the material realm that could go wrong and, and our security would be disturbed. But when we develop the sense of refuge within the mind, then here the Buddha 
the Dhamma, the Sangha, wisdom is here, truth is here, virtue is, is here now, the way we respond and, and live our lives through action and speech, then, then we, uh, you know, the, the safety, the, the, the refuge is really, is not, nothing dependent, we're not dependent on external things being what we want or being under control because we begin to realize that the, the strength within us the stability and strength within our mind that we tune into and begin to realize through mindfulness and through the right kind of meditation of course that you can take wherever you go isn't it? it's not just becoming addicted to Amaravati or having to spend the rest of your life here it means that once you've been more confident, more aware of the strength and stability within yourself, then that, wherever you go, that's always the way it is. Whether it's here or in London or in Zurich or in Bangkok or wherever. This evening, I think we'll. Uh, when I give the precepts, then and then uh, we can dismiss so that you can. Uh, so many of you have come from afar and probably would appreciate a good night's sleep. Uh, I don't want to start out a retreat, uh, you know, with uh, with people who are tired. So this evening we allow the day we you to sleep till what six thirty? Fifteen. Six fifteen. That's late for a monk. <laughs> We, we lose touch with the realities of lay life. <laughs> and uh, then at what, at 8? Uh, 8.30. 8.30. Tomorrow morning. Meet in here for meditation instruction. Do you have the... You have the...